0: reading. Uh, it is uh, day five for me of the Movember No Shave November. I am uh, raising money for men's health. Uh, Movember does a great job of getting money to raise awareness for testicular cancer, prostate cancer, and just men's health in general. Uh, we're doing everything we can to uh, raise some money to make sure that uh, men know to take care of themselves. Uh, as men, we we do a lot to try and pretend that we're not sick or try and hide that we're not feeling well to show how strong we are and how brave we are. And sometimes we we forget that we're not invincible uh, even though we continue to prove to ourselves that we can't be hurt in any way. But every once in a while we just need to take time to be aware of the fact that we can get sick and that we do need to take care of our own health. So. I'll leave a link to my Movember account so you guys can help support us. Today, I am very lucky. I get to talk to one of my most favorite people in the industry. Uh, he's been a, he's a legend in the industry. He's done a little bit of everything. He needs very little introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. His name is Cosmo Wilson. He is a lighting designer and director out of Florida. I was... Wanting to talk to him about uh, his recent work at the 9/11 Memorial in New York City, and then I did after doing just a, a, a minor amount of research on uh, the tribute, I realized that somebody had already done a podcast with with Cosmo on the subject, so there's no need for me to do that again. So we we uh, we kind of changed the format around, it, and I'm really excited about the idea that we came up with today. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today, Cosmo. I appreciate. it.
1: Again, it's always an honor for me. To, I mean, it's great to see you because you're such a good friend, and it's always an honor for me to be on your on your shows, on your podcasts.
0: Oh, you you're too kind. You're a ray of sunshine for me. <laughs> uh, so, Cosmo and I decided instead of rehashing the uh, the tribute, which is amazing, and uh, not enough nice things can be said about uh, the tribute, which means so much to uh, America. Uh, the world in general, and uh, and the people that take place, including Cosmo, uh, we thought that we would change it up a little bit, and we'd do a little bit of tribute, a tribute to our, of our own. So today we chose about eleven of our mutual friends, and we're just gonna sit and chat about some of the people that we have like, grown up with in this industry who have really kind of touched our our lives and our careers in many ways. So we're gonna do a little tribute to men's health men's relationships and and friendships and and uh, the things we do to make sure that we're all safe and sane in this industry
1: well especially so, uh, now because i mean we've you know with this pandemic you, we're not getting able to see we're not able to see each other you know i mean phone calls text emails zoom um you know but it, you know it's i it, i miss i miss a lot of my friends on the road you know i, I really do and and uh it's a great a good idea to, to, to talk about our friends and you know it's it's a we should do a zoom with all of our friends one of these days
0: <laughs> I, I I feel that but I, it's not enough for me uh, it was a great band-aid you know the zoom yeah. calls the the digital yeah. meetups the things the you know the the virtual circle bars I my heart is full thanks to those but at the same time it's, it's not enough it's
1: oh 100%. it's one of those
0: things that you and i are we get into this industry for the relationships for the emotions and you know it's been
1: well exactly, better for worse than taking you know, from us. sitting across the t- dinner table from each other you know hugging each other you know and you know me i'm a hugger so it's it's uh it's it's been, it's, it's that's the that's the thing that sucked the most for the pandemic for me you know, is, is my my personal relationship, like like you said.
0: Mm-hmm. So the first person I wanted to go over, uh, and it's because number one, he he sponsors this podcast, but he is also a mutual friend of ours. And one of the things that you two share is you're basically a free outlet for the best roadie stories. <laughs> on Facebook you and Bob Bob Harman from Eggshell Lighting are are wordsmiths basically you guys can take your little tiny Facebook square and it turns into something where i i have to sit and take pause uh, <laughs> most of them when i see that like the little click the little link that says uh, read more i usually just i just walk past but uh, or scroll past but you and Bob are the ones i'm like this is going to be a long post I'm going to stay here for the five minutes. I'm going to read it.
1: Well, I I mean, it's funny I mean, I love when he puts up his stories and, and, and he, and he tells it in such a way and, and, you know, and that's what I attempt to do as well. So I I appreciate, appreciate that you putting me in the same category with him because his, his stories are great. And, you know, he puts you right there, you know, with them and, and that's kind of what I try to do as well. And, and, and um, you know, Bob, to talk about, I mean, you know, he was the first real lighting guy in a, in, in Hawaii, you know, and, and so he has a lot of great stories, you know, especially back in the old days when the bands would come through and it was like, Hawaii was like a third world country in some ways, especially when it came to productions. And, <laughs> and he tells the stories and, you know, and what a great position to be. in, you know, he, it wasn't like he was, you know, some, you know, country bumpkin. He had a lot of innovative ideas and he would, bands would come in expecting you know you know lights hanging on a palm tree and he would come up with this design and, and stuff and come up with these ideas and and you know that his story you know it's just great stories and i just you know i've always i've always enjoyed his company and you know it's his his hawaiian spirit and and i love bob Harmon, and i get to see him every week on zoom it's good
0: <laughs> when you said that i kind of pictured uh the the professor from Gilligan's Island powering a, a lighting rig with some coconuts and some uh, yeah. some citrus and and a couple uh, roach clips holding everything together. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine they were very excited to see Bob when they would show up in uh, in Hawaii, and it wasn't that.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, and he still continues to innovate to this day. You know, I've done many shows there over the years, and and uh, you know, I don't have to bring lights. He has enough of what I need you know if I if he if he doesn't have it he'll get it you know somehow
0: Mm -hmm. so when did you first meet Bob
1: well I did a David Lee Ross show in 1994 and and that's when but when we first met so we we met then and and then um I just I've been back every every every, you know we've stayed in touch and I see him every year at LDI and I, I get the the bag of Kona coffee
0: you know, mm-hmm.
1: and and uh, you know, every time I'm in Hawaii, whether I'm you know working or not, if I'm there holiday, we get together and we'll have dinner, and and uh, he takes me around and shows me places that I'm completely unaware of, and it's just great. You know, he's he's a great host.
0: I had a moment the first time I got my bag of Kona coffee because I had heard of it so many times before. I felt like ah, I've clearly made it in the industry. I got my bag of Kona coffee. Somebody uh, respects me enough to have put my name on a bag of coffee thousands of miles away on a remote island and they flew all the way to somewhere to meet me and they gave me a bag of cone of coffee and uh that bob gave me that feeling uh, of all the things that i've done in my industry it was getting that bag of coffee i was like wow something just happened and that that felt great
1: that's i know it's amazing and as i look forward to it every year but you're right the first time he gives it to you you feel special you know, like you've been recognized and, and it's great.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. He's been great. He, uh, him and I talk uh, at least once or twice a month. And still to this day, he calls me up to just say, Hey, if you were coming to Hawaii, what would you want to see on a lighting rig these days? What do you think is the indispensable fixture or what is, what am I going to get the most mileage out of? And a, it's not a decision that he makes lightly. Right, that he can't. Oh well, no, I mean, he'll call me literally up. on an island.
1: Yeah, I mean exactly, and he'll you know he'll call me up every once in a while, and he will he'll say that he's had he's had a uh, offer to buy some lights, and what do I think of them? You know, yeah. right? I buy this light or that light, same you know, I could use light and stuff, and you know, and I'll give him my perspective, and that's the thing. I mean, it's good, you know, he talks to you, he talks to me, he talks to other people about their perspective. You know it's hard to make everybody happy but it's it's if you get something that at least he does the research you know
0: mm-hmm. uh, he's and he does everything with a smile uh I've, i don't have a i don't have i don't know if he has a mean bone in his body and uh, i i know that he's in a cutthroat industry especially out in hawaii and he's, yeah, he's yeah. a shining example of how you can uh, get more bees with honey than uh, than flies flies of yeah. vinegar i think i think i
1: got yeah. that right yeah. you get more you get more yeah flies of vinegar honey than vinegar yeah
0: yeah that's the one that's the one <laughs> So, yeah i uh i've got nothing 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 but nice things to say about bob he's been he's been great uh the, the few people that i know that have been lucky enough to work with him in uh, hawaii have all come back saying that they they went in with low expectations knowing that it was going to be such a long trip but people still like doing shows in hawaii you got to do it
1: well i of course and you know, it's like certain yeah it's like any 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 exotic place or you know this the one thing i worked for the scorpions and we went everywhere around the world and some places were terrible but the fact you were there outweighed the conditions you know or our equipment yeah you know, I did a show in India and they had a they had a show made out, of, they had a stage made out of bamboo. And I'm like, okay, but, you know, it was great to be in India doing a show on a stage made out of bamboo.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it is the distance that you've traveled to get to the stage that makes it that much more special.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and pleasing the people, the
0: fans. Yeah. Uh, so another mutual friend of ours that you and I have both worked with at, at great length, uh, you even more than myself, is Steve Richards. And again, I, I bring Steve up because you and Steve have a similar thread on Facebook again with the with the sunsets. I, I think you are both world, if not uh, or at least uh, North America. Uh, famous if not world famous for your sunset photos
1: well exactly you know we both you know and the the cool thing is that when we're together like when we're programming shows together on many occasions uh we've 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 done the suns the same sunset and we always do like a selfie of me and him standing in front of the sun sunset so it's it's great um you know to do that with him and, and uh and, uh, you know, he had, we have the same appreciation and, and, you know, whenever I go visit him in California, we always go down to the, the, uh, the beach and, uh, to the pier and take nice pictures and stuff. And it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing to share.
0: Mm-hmm. The last photo I saw on Facebook of you two, you guys look like children. <laughs> uh, I don't know how long you guys have known each other, but, uh, it's long enough that Steve doesn't look exactly the same and you look like it's your first day in the industry. I don't know. I don't know how long you guys have been working together, but can you share how long you guys have known each other?
1: Well, we've been, me and Steve, we met uh, in 2008 on the ACDC um, um, black ice tour. He was, he was on my lighting crew and and we became fast friends. He would, we were programming at upstaging in, um, in uh, Syracuse, Sycamore and um he would stay the overnights with me but plus i always want somebody on the road with me that's that's kind of a programmer type uh ld type and that was that was steve you know he was he was gung ho for it and stuff and mm-hmm. you know learning a new console he knew the two he well at the time it was the one he knew the one better than me um and i was just learning the one and and uh plus i like you know i like the input i like artistic input and, you know it, it's a uh, having a crew guy that's a technical guy is one thing but when you have a crew guy that you know, as an aspiring LD, it, it's great. You know, so so we became fast friends, spent a lot of time together. As you know, when you're programming late at night, you know, a night after night after night, you, you get to know somebody really well, and and uh, you either get along or you don't.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? So that's that's when. So it's been it's been twelve it's been twelve years. It seems a lot longer than that, but it, yeah, twelve years of, of friendship, close friendship.
0: Did his Australianness have anything to do with him being on the ACDC tour? Uh,
1: probably you know i mean it was i mean i'm sure upstaging thought oh this is a good fit you know but i mean you know, <laughs> he, he came out i mean he was obviously thrilled to work for his his countryman band and mm-hmm. uh, you know we had a great time on it I, I gotta tell you we were in munich in uh i can tell you the day may 10th uh, n- uh 2009 we were doing uh, programming and um may 10th uh 2009 was my 30th anniversary of my first gig and I'll never forget, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, we're programming, it's, it's a, I think it was like May 9th and the May 10th. And it was like three, two three in the morning. And I realized I said, hey, Steve, do you know what day it is? He goes, it's May 10th, mate. And I said, yeah, May 10th is a very special day in my life. He says, well, what happened? I said, it's the 30th anniversary of my first gig in the business. I worked for a band called Falcon Eddie on May 10th, 1979. He said, you know, that's the year I was born, right? <laughs> I was like, thanks for making me feel old.
0: <laughs>
1: but it was, great. It was you, great it's a great memory for us
0: oh that's just to show how how friendly we are you were already established in the industry when when steve was born yeah and now i you know it's uh you guys have come full circle i, I, know. I know that uh to this day he i know that he's one of your first phone calls when something's uh, going awry or Oh yeah. The uh, console's going a little wonky.
1: Well, you know, and also, you know, ACDC, you know, there's been talk of a tour and stuff like that. And I mean, I hope it happens. I mean, I don't know anything officially, hopefully it will. Um, but, you know, he, he wants to come back and program with me and I, I want him to do that, you know, even though he's not a programmer anymore, but he still is. He's still, As I said, it's, 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 it's his technical ability is one thing, but his artistic, you know, and, and just, the, you know, the the relationship we have makes for a great programming time and, and plus he knows what I want he knows you know he knows the, the, the looks I you know want to have and the way I run my show and it, it's great because it's just it's, I don't I just I don't need to think i don't I just he does what he does and he and I go yep that, that's it it's great you know I don't plus know we, if you can ever
0: become not a programmer I moved on to some uh, some much larger things technical director yeah. Uh, yeah. producer even uh I can't say that uh, even if he was the the president, if I, if you were to call me up and say, Hey, you want to go program some cues for ACDC? I can imagine Steve would drop whatever he's doing. He'd be like, yep, I'm there. I'll do it. Oh yeah. Uh, he loves to have his fingers in everything. He, he is, he's so knowledgeable to a fault. Like Steve, you know, too much stuff. Just relax. You know, you, you, you yeah. you're right. <laughs> you, you, you don't need to argue with me anymore. You're right. We're going to do it your way. Let's you got it. You know, he's, he's a very knowledgeable human being.
1: He really is. And I miss him a lot. You know, we, we talk about a couple of times a week, we text almost every day. And hopefully one of these days I get out of California and get to take sunset pictures of Santa Monica pier.
0: That is the hardest part of this whole thing is just not being able to hang out with our friends. Just, uh, those days like, uh, like a Coachella or something where it's just, it's a roadie holiday.
1: Yeah. That's what it yeah. is for
0: us. Uh, so one of the people that I was unable to get to while I was just in Vegas was Michael Keller and that, that kind of bummed me out. I was really, I was a fairly upset that I didn't get to go hang out with him. Cause I enjoy all of his antics. That guy just makes me feel like everything is under control and he, uh, he's like, a. A savant in so many ways. When was the first time you get to work with Keller?
1: Oh God, the first time I got—I can't even remember the first time I worked. I can't remember <laughs> the first gig. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, you know, me and Keller are like two peas in a pod. You know, we're very similar in many ways. We've—we—it's—it's—we've um, uh, we, it's, it's for, we've been fortunate because a lot of LDs you don't get to tour with because we're—you know—generally it's a headliner and a support um but you know i've done festivals where we've toured together and and the the cool thing about me and keller is we've i probably we've probably done more of the same bands than any other ld uh you know pick up pair of lds and probably because we're similar we we run lights similar you know we're both old school um we um he's done he's i've done his gigs he's done my gigs and we just we've we've just done the same bands because it's 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 the way it's happened i mean we've done i think scorpions foreigner uh aerosmith um i'm trying to think what what other bands i mean there's several bands of oh, ozzy and black sabbath i mean
0: of course you
1: know we've we've uh you know and that's what we were we were lucky we got to tour together um i was working with a band called mudvane and they were on the oz fest and he was uh, he was doing uh was doing ozzy of course and and uh boy man we had a blast it's it's a uh, You know, in that same way, whenever I'm in Vegas, we get together every single time, you know, we'll all get together and go out, you know, carousing, eating, drinking and stuff like that. And and we have a, we have a lot of fun and he is a character, you know, I I love the guy.
0: Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. uh, Being in Vegas with Keller, you and Keller for, for my own reasons are the ones that I try and avoid at LDI because you guys can't walk anywhere. Without being just bombarded with hugs and and uh, and high fives and like as soon as you or Keller are on the show floor, <laughs> you're just like you you basically have your own booth at that point. You, like you you rarely get to walk around and make the I full know, round. I know
1: double edged sword. Of I mean show. I'll be there and it'll take four or five hours for me to, to even start because it's just I just we just and same with you're right with him as well. You just run into you're running everybody you know every five feet.
0: Yeah. You know so. uh, I. I felt honored the one time that Keller was like, well, yeah, let's, let's make time to go lunch. I'm like, of all the people in this, in this whole arena, you've decided to go to lunch with me. This is awesome. That's I would love to do that. Uh, and then uh, getting to work and like just sit next to him at the console. It is like, and I mean this in all the, in, in the most kind way, it's like being a part of rock history watching Keller run the console the way he does
1: yeah yeah no, I agree yeah
0: one of my favorite stories was working with him I was uh, I was lucky enough to be chosen for one of his programmers for on Aussie and he has such a unique and I'm saying that with air quotes way of running the console that it, I would try and teach him a new way of doing something on a console which is more modern and he's right. like yeah. That's not going to happen. Do it right. the way I told you to do it. Otherwise, I'm not. And I would try. I would still be young, cocky guy trying. Like, no, let me, Kelly, let me show it to. you. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it that way. And okay. eventually, he's just like, yeah, this is the way to do it. I'm like, yeah. okay, you're right. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a newer doesn't necessarily mean better, and, and Keller is a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. As, as I said, we were similar. You know, there's there's like. Steve Richards used to show me shortcuts on the on the console or ways to do things, and I would go, uh I'll just do it Mom. I do it, I'll let me do it the way I do it. You know, let, let me let me do it the way I do it. It just it, it's just you know, it's the way we are, I guess.
0: Yeah, we are creatures of habit, uh, yep. for better or for worse sometimes. Uh one of my favorite things was seeing him and uh Terry Cook go to odds sometimes because Terry would try and you know, Terry would be brought on to make something newer and fresher and uh yeah keller would have his eye and go like no this is the way it's been for 30 years and if aussie doesn't have it that way you're going to get a note and keller's like no or uh terry would be like well no let's try something new and keller's like okay but we're just going to change it back and 99 percent of the time he was right
1: well, that's the thing. I agree, you know, and Terry's done that with me with ACDC. When, you know, when you, the thing is, when you work for a band so long, you know. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate what Terry's trying to do. He's trying to bring some freshness into things, but there's just some some things the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you mentioned is you and Keller are often opposite each other on the bands, and so you rarely get to actually be on the road together. I was lucky enough to do a podcast with Ethan, Ethan Webber, and he had the same story. He's like Keller is one of my best friends in the industry, and we never get to work together. Do you, is that something that's happened to you as well? Do you get to hang out with Ethan as much as you'd like to?
1: Uh, well, yeah. Well, no. I mean, once again, it's it's uh you know we were especially you know doing ACDC and doing the Stones, you know. But having said that, we did uh, back in I think it was two thousand and three. The Stones were touring Europe, and, and the ticket sales were okay, but they wanted to beef it up, so they got ACDC to join us, because AC, Angus and Malcolm had just come and played on the, uh, the Stones shows in Australia, so they decided, why don't you guys come up and, and support the Stones, and you know, ACDC obviously is not going to support anybody, but they have a huge respect for the Stones, so, so that was, you know, we got to tour Europe for about a, a month or so, together, me and Ethan, and that was fantastic, I mean, that was a, lo- that was a lot of fun um but when was that was it 2003
0: ACDC and the stones yeah. on on one ticket yeah.
1: 2000 2003 yeah 2003, yeah 2003 i guarantee it yeah wow. we did um, we did three we did a total of five shows and three of the shows were with the stones you know like racetracks like hockenheim i think we played and uh the other two shows were at um basically clubs or theaters we played um um Münchener Munich front. I know what did we played. We played um, Circus Krona, and uh, we played the Columbia Halla in Berlin, and they were both small. But it was unbelievable seeing AC/DC in those kind of uh, places. But, but uh, it was uh, it was funny as well because I mean, here we are, you know it's a Rolling Stones lighting rig, and and Ethan's like, what do you want? Well, it was that we were on in daytime. I'm like, just give me a bunch of you know white lights, and you know we had the bell and we had the cannons, and and uh, you know it was it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. But yeah. Ethan, you know, when I'm in Chicago, we get together, we, you know, we've um, the one thing, even if you don't tour together, we get to run into each other a lot. And and, uh, you know, it's funny because when I left, I did I did the stone steel wheels tour. I was the LD for that. And then uh, the next tour I did was ACDC's Razor's Edge. And then a couple of years later, the Stones were getting ready to go out. But so was ACDC. Patrick said to me, do you want to do the Stones or ACDC? And I'm like, I got to do ACDC. And at that point in time is when Ethan came in and took over. And obviously I've been with ACDC ever since and Ethan's been with the Stones ever since. So, you know, we, we share the, you know, we share the relationship we have with Patrick Woodruff, uh, you know, and um, but, you know, it, it, it's, I, 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 I love watching Ethan's work, you know, and um, I I love how he runs the show and, and uh, i mean the guy the guy you know i mean i go in overnights and do do programming and touch-ups and everything every night but i mean he he is a hog he goes in and just just works he works his ass off getting you know getting all the detail i I appreciate that i don't you know i like make sure my show is good you know i the overnights but i mean he he impresses the hell out of me how much time he spends you know when he can uh getting that show fine-tuned and I, i i admire the shit out of that
0: yeah when I think of Ethan, I think of the calm of this in the storm. Yeah, that guy. No matter how much is falling apart or how much chaos is surrounding him, he's always just rock solid. Hey, oh yeah, exactly. Laser focused and yep. chill, easy to be around. Yep.
1: Uh, but he, I tell you, what, one thing. One of my favorite things to do with him is go out drinking. I, I, we have so much fun. <laughs> You know, we were in uh, we were in barcelona and, and um for some reason i was i think was, i was at acdc and he was with uh, u2 um and we we were at the same hotel and our bus pulled up and there he was and that that's a night to remember i mean it was great we had, and, and the nice thing is we were both there doing rehearsals uh so we were both there for several days and, and i'd just go over to his stadium he'd come over to my stadium It was a lot it was a lot of fun And and going into chicago going to the you know the I'm always going to his locals in Chicago, and I'll just meet him there and we'll bar hop from one to another and you know they're just the typical old school chicago you know um liquor lounge things and that's just great i, lo- I have so much fun with him you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah he's uh he's one of those the uh, the ones who's been able to maintain family life yeah. and touring life quite well yeah, unbelievable. that's and that's no easy feat No, he's got There's a lot a of people family. that aren't good at that speaking of uh, going to bars and stuff that is the i think that's one of the things that we're missing in the bro life these days is being able to just be at a hotel and check in on facebook and like all of a sudden uh, a random thing like guess who did you know that your best friend is uh six blocks away from you yeah yeah that's something that that's definitely lacking in my life these days
1: well i you know i i agree i feel the same it's like you know when you're in, in when you're in osaka and you go to rock rock and, and you always run into somebody there you know I miss that too. It sucks that this, you know, but but you know, yeah. Hopefully soon we'll get back to it. Uh,
0: when it comes to talking, one of my favorite people in the industry is Patrick Woodruff. <laughs> I have seen him talk to legends like Paul Simon and Ozzy the exact same way he talks to. Somebody coiling cable, yep, or the janitor, he has a genuine interest in everybody around him, and I find that so inspiring.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I, you're, you're right, that's a good way to put it. I mean, he's always like, he'll, like, you know, when we first started touring together, he'll, you know, he would say something like, So, so Cosmo, what's the first thing you do when you get home? And he wasn't just saying it, he was interesting. He, he, I like, he asked all these kind of I don't want to say odd questions, but just questions you wouldn't normally expect. And and um, mm-hmm. that shows genuine interest, you know, and, and stuff like that. I, I got to tell you a funny story that he that he told many years ago and and I was with him. We were in a restaurant, um, an Indian restaurant in, in uh, London. And he was t- he was looking at the waiters and he goes, I wonder how many of these people are actually from India or they do they just live in London Do their parents from India. You know, when did they come over? So he he there was a waiter and the waiter came over the table you know as friendly as Patrick is and you know he's talking to him and he he says where do you live and he said some you know somewhere in outside of London and, and stuff and he he said have you ever been to the Taj Mahal and uh, the Indian guy said uh, oh no but I hear I know the owner very well because he thought it was he was talking about another restaurant called the Taj Mahal but it was so the reason you know. <laughs> I mean, Patrick is expecting him to say, well, yes, you know, yes. I, You know, he went, he started talking to him about, you know, India, time in India, but that was, you know, I know the owner very well. It was, it was perfect. But
0: Those are the magical things that happen when you're in Patrick's presence.
1: Oh, I've seen him
0: get up and like leave the table of all the executives and just go talking to the bartender and, yep he's gone for like an hour. Yep. He's like, Oh yeah, that's my new best friend over there. And they're coming to the show and uh, make sure I've got five VIP seats for him and his family and his, his mother who just got back from her appendectomy. And you're like, what were you doing over there? He's like, Oh yeah. I just met him. That's the bartender. That's my new best friend. And, and he's not joking around.
1: Oh, I, I know. And he could, well, I mean, he's he's really good at like you know he he like you said he's a talker. He talks to people, and he's genuinely interested and he learns things. He told me this story one time when I first yeah I don't know I'd known him for a few years. We've done a couple of tours together by this time, and he was talking about that he you know we were in a Vietnamese restaurant. and He was said I'm going to order in Vietnamese. Vietnamese. I said really you speak Vietnamese? He goes yes. I said how, what how the hell did you learn Vietnamese? He said oh well many years ago, in the seventies I was in Vietnam and i had appendicitis and i got so sick that i had to go into the hospital and i was there and it was the complications and i was there for weeks and i was i was in the bush and it was you know and i was like holy mackerel you know you know and then he, and then he so then the, the the waiter comes up and he and patrick goes rah, rah. he starts speaking this like really weird vietnamese and he and he laughs he says i just made all that up i don't know vietnamese <laughs> <laughs>
0: But the rest of the story was true no nah, the whole story was just the whole
1: story was made up for for him because he wanted to pretend he was he could speak vietnamese i mean the whole story about <laughs> being in the hospital and being in his backcountry hospital you know for for months and he had nobody spoke english and he had to learn vietnamese but you know i love you uh, know he's like, he's a jokester like that and that's what i love about patrick i mean i've known patrick for 32 years now you know, and wow. I've learned obviously so much from him. And I like Patrick because he's an LD that came from the ground up. You know, he was a crew mm-hmm. guy, and he was on Rod Stewart and stuff. And and he's he's um we make a good team because he's very artistic, and and I'm I'm artistic, but I you know I'm 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 more straightforward about it. You know, I'm not artsy. He's nuts very and bolts. yeah yeah I'm very nuts and bolts and stuff and, and um. So, but the combination of us, especially for the shows that I do with like AC/DC. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, ACDC isn't pretty, you know, you know, it's, it's um, ACDC isn't flowing drapes and stuff no. AC/DC is, you know, nuts and bolts and, and stuff. So the, so the two of us together do, we have a lot of fun, a lot of fun putting it, putting that, that show together. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's uh, ACDC wants, they want me and Patrick every time, you know, they, they're comfortable with us. Uh, you know, I always say bands don't, uh, pay you to talk about lights. They pay you not to talk about lights. You know, they want to concentrate a on their show. They don't uh-huh. want, you know, so, so, so they know when me and Patrick are there and the same with Opie, you know, we're there and they don't have to think about it. It's, they know that everything's going to be perfect.
0: Yeah. Patrick is very good at, uh, talking about lights to, to his, the people that want to talk about lights, yeah. but when it comes to him to the the artist, he's like, no, let's talk about your family and your vibe yep. and what you are exactly. kind of thinking, and that's what he's great for. I could never. Uh, that's probably what keeps me out of the designer seat is being able to do the the politics that that Patrick does, that where he can just go and soak up so much information. Yeah. come to uh, a person like myself or uh, Terry Cook. Who's also very good at uh, yep. soaking all that information in, and then just kind of translating it. Uh, Terry Cook and I have this long-standing joke where, one time, Patrick and I had this this red and white chase, and uh, Patrick was just was not happy with it. Not happy with it. like, you know what? Maybe you should take that red and white chase and turn it into a white and red chase. Yeah. And for some reason, I just inverted it. And he's like, "That's all I needed you to do." It's I'm like, "Oh." All right, thank I've you. Had lot,
1: I've had lots of things with that. I I, I got to tell you a story about story Terry Cook. We were on the last ACDC tour. We'd uh, we'd been out for um, probably uh, eight or nine months, and and uh, we were coming back to the states, and we were coming in. T- uh, we were in uh, we were in um, what's what's the uh? T- we were at the Tacoma Dome, and we were doing rehearsals in January. Um, the wooden one. Yeah, the wooden one. Yeah. Yeah. So Terry came in because Patrick couldn't be there so Terry came in Steve Richards came in to program with me. So it was me there, me, Steve Richards and Terry Cook and my unfortunately my brother had died um earlier in January and things were settled but I had to go back home for a few days for my mother and stuff. So um we did we got everything done and programmed and um and then I went I went home for like 2 days and then I came back and um what had happened is they they'd repro there was a couple of new songs um and they'd reprogram some stuff and uh and you know it's, it's, and you know I'm I'm looking at it I'm going no this isn't going to work same thing we were talking about with um uh, Michael Keller I said I I don't think this is going to work this is too pretty it was kind of pastel colors and and uh, and supposed Stevens here like no no it's going to be great we've run it it's going to look good and I'm like okay you know okay so so that, that, you know, the first show was a couple of days after that. I went ran the show and, and during the song, Terry, Terry, no, I didn't even say anything. I mean, this didn't work. It was terrible. And Terry came over and he said, you're right where we will reprogram it tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot to be said for putting your, your spoon in the stir, stay in the, in the soup, but don't, uh, don't try and be the chef when you're the sous chef, you know, it's just... <laughs> Don't add salt where it doesn't belong.
1: Well, like yeah. I said, and that's the thing with Steve Richards. I mean, Steve, you know, Steve, we're getting back to Steve Richards for a minute. But, you know, and the same thing with Terry Cook is that they, they want to make, they, they see things. And I I want that artistic input. But sometimes you just go, <laughs> that's not going to work. You know, let's, let's <laughs> you know, trust me, it's not going to work. But as I said, yeah. I appreciate, you know, especially Terry saying, let's try it. You know, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, I'll be the first to tell you. And he was the first to tell me. And it didn't work. Yeah.
0: Yep. Sometimes you have to try it just to yeah. convince yourself that it's not worth it. One of the things about Patrick Woodruff that I always find interesting is that all of the stories that I've heard about Patrick before I met Patrick sounded so over-exaggerated and I'm like, there's no way that's true. Until I met Patrick and he verified every yep. legend that I had heard about him. I'm like, that's all true? He's like, yeah. I, I." It's amazing. He's actually one of those rock legends that is a verifiable human being. And when you meet him in the press, he's like, Oh, it's it's clearly all true.
1: hundred percent. You know, I, I, um, I love working with him and you know, I, I, I miss it and I hope, I hope to see him soon.
0: So one of the people who is, who shares that quality with Patrick is Brian Hartley. Brian Hartley is to me is like what he is the roadie, that all of the mothers of the world warned us against <laughs> like if, if you get into the rock and roll industry you're going to end up like Brian Hartley and you'll be like yeah i know <laughs> that's why i'm doing this
1: yeah and you know yeah brian i i i love brian i love his one thing i love about brian is he always has this vision and and um and he explains it so well and it's it's interesting watching him over the years go from pen and paper to uh, you know CGI and stuff, and some of the some of the stuff he puts together. You know, I mean, you know, you look at the Trans Siberian Orchestra, and, and you see the results of, of his vision, and how incredible that show is. And and uh, you know, one thing I love about Brian Hartley is he's, his visions are bigger than himself, and he's so. He's so good at projecting that, and and uh, and you know the Indian stuff like Megadeth, you know, and, and you know he came mm-hmm. in when I was doing Judas Priest last year. I had to leave to go back to Ares with he came in and you know knocked it out of the park. And and, uh, and he's another guy; who's a lot of fun to be around and and laughing. And and I love Brian Hartley; he's a good guy to hang out with.
0: When he describes his concepts to me, I don't just hear what he's saying; like I feel it in my body. Yeah. He's so yeah. emotive. And you yeah. can see it in his body, how excited he is over every new and subsequent idea.
1: Yeah. And he's very detailed oriented as well, you know, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's got all these lights doing little tiny things that you don't really notice with the big picture, but you do, and you don't realize mm-hmm. you notice it. And, and uh, you know, like, that's what I love. I You know, I mean, TSO is a spectacle and, and you go see it and, and it just, you know, you're just your mouth agape looking at this, you know, the lights and everything. And, and I love looking at everything that he's programmed and all the little nuances and stuff in it. And it's just uh, f- phenomenal. Uh,
0: I would, I would say that TSO requires somebody like him because uh TSO's fan base, they go to see them multiple times. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if the show is not nuanced, you're you're going to, you're going to get tired of it, but you can go and see a TSO show five, six times and yeah, still exactly. catch new things.
1: And yeah, exactly. And you can see it. You can see it again and again. It's it's such a spectacle. It's, it's you know, And, and uh, I try to see it every year. You know, I like to visit with him, but I like to see the show. I like to see what he's done with it. And it'll be interesting this year. I guess they're doing a streaming show, which will be, that'll be mm-hmm. cool.
0: Yeah, man, that's tough. I mean, that's such a, it's a ritual for so many people. Yeah. It's a tradition yeah. to go see that show. In fact, I wouldn't say that Brian Hartley is part of that tradition for so many people because they go to see him. There yeah, are people 100%. that yeah. uh, you're you're included in that people in that group yeah. of people that have this this uh a fan club of sorts yeah. that they <laughs> like they're just as excited to see you come through their town as they are the headliner.
1: Well, I mean that makes me that's that's true, it makes you feel good. It, it's just like you know people just they don't even say, they even say I don't want tickets it's just uh, if you got time let's do lunch or dinner or something and and you know that makes me feel good and yeah Brian's the same way you know he ha- he 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 has so many people that, that enjoy his company and and uh and he is a great guy to be around you know he he, he definitely he definitely is he's a, he's a, he's yeah. another great personality
0: Brian has just one step up on you on that one in the fact that hits his holiday season so people are actually spending their thanksgiving you know one, one of their days of hanukkah or one whatever they celebrate they're they're gonna go hang it with, with brian hartley because brian doesn't get to spend those times with his his right? uh, biological family his just his, his touring family and they i mean he has to cultivate such a family feeling to get those people out there with him yeah year after year
1: well, plus they're doing two shows a day plus they never have a day off I mean you know it's I, I can't ever remember him coming to orlando and having it's like you know you get a day off now you know and you get two shows and it's just like you see him for a few minutes but you know it's worth yeah. it
0: some of us would think that uh, they would take this year to relax but not Brian he's he's already working on something new he's got a new soup in the in the pot yep,
1: yep. he doesn't stop uh,
0: Speaking of people that just refuse to stop working, Rob Koenig, the big guy, one of my favorite human beings in the industry, that guy will just, uh, he will stop at nothing to find work. I i love watching his motivation. Uh, maybe you can speak to some of the times you've uh, had the pleasure of working with Rob.
1: Well, I mean, I've, you know, Rob used to live in Florida, so we saw each other from time to time. And, and, um, I just, you know, I love Rob, I just, he's got such a, he's such a nice person, nice guy, great personality, uh, kind of like a gentle, you know, bear uh, of a guy, and, and um, I love, I love watching him run lights, and I mean, as a matter of fact, he told me, and I mean, you know, it's amazing the, the things you don't realize you have impact on, but I was in New Orleans, oh, probably in the 90s, uh, with ACDC and, and uh, Deep Purple was playing at the House of Blues and uh, so I you know somehow I, got, I don't know how I got in I don't know if I knew anybody and it's before I knew Rob I mean I think I knew I don't know I knew the. I can't remember but anyway so I came in you know it's the House of Blues the lighting rig is a few park cans a few moving lights that all need work a couple never work uh, you know but it was um <laughs> I was impressed. I mean, it was, he did such a great job, especially with the system he had in there and especially with Deep Purple, you know, you know, legendary band like that. And, and I, you know, I went went up and met him introduced myself and boy, he knew who I was, you know, ACDC's LD and stuff. And, and I told him, I said, you did such a great job with this, you know, the, the, this problematic rig, you know, the house of blues rigs and stuff. And I, I, you know, we, we chatted and stuff and, you know, and then he loaded out and then, uh, Fast forward years later, I'm you know he tells me the story about how that how that um, inspired him and how good it made him feel. You know, as a young up and coming LD, you know, and so you you know you just it really made me realize that things you say. I mean, I never say anything negative to anybody anyway. I and I and I try not <laughs> to bullshit them, you know. But uh, you know, I I do when I do notice things. You know, I'll see you know I'll go to LDS and say I love that blue. What, you know, what gel is that or something? You know, in the old days when you remember gels, but um, anyway, so you know and we've um you know he i've had him take over for me from Aerosmith when i'm going to go to acdc and you know his obviously his work on metallic is legendary and and i just love hanging out with him you know he's he's such a he's so much fun to be with and and uh, we did we did dinner earlier this year when i was in los angeles and it was in um but uh yeah it's just great. He's, great he's such a great guy and i i i'm mad that he moved to california because now he's all the way damn across the country but you know it <laughs> I find that some people I see more. It's, it's like a guy named Alan Henderson who was a very light uh, operator and and um, a programmer. He he moved to Florida to be near me, and and uh, we never saw each we saw each other more on the road than we did here. So he finally moved back to New Jersey.
0: It's funny how that is, pre COVID, of course. Yeah, I uh, I have spent many uh, a, a console session with Rob. We're watching him, and he can just I. I think he quit smoking but he used to be able to just sit and smoke and do his energy drinks and just there's like hour after hour there's no way this guy can keep going and he he can he and and have a good attitude the whole time the whole time i've always found that impressive i i sometimes i forget that he's younger than i am because i feel like he's wiser and uh I don't want to use the word grizzled, but I mean, he's, he, he's, just, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Rough around the edges in the way that I'm like, wow, you are, you've been
1: it's really like in the trenches.
0: Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, experience. I'm going to say that. I, yeah. I forget yeah, he's younger than experience. me. Because he's, he's more experienced and I'm like, man, you are the things you've done. And the things you've seen, that's you're well yeah. beyond your years yeah. in wisdom.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, the work he does in Metallica is is experienced. It's it's you know, it's great stuff. I mean, and you know, here's the thing. When I when my shows, I busk a lot of things. So I set set up to busk and and um he took over for Aerosmith. And so it was my bus show. And so fortunately I had time and I went and did the first show with him and you know, sat in me and man, it was hard on him, I know, because it was like it wasn't his show. He was running not only running my cues, he was running my busk. And he was like, What are you doing to me? You know, but he pulled it off, you know, and it, at the, uh, he said, he never, he never, I said, did, did, did you ever get called addressing him? And Stephen ever, he said, no, he said, he said, I never, you know, Stephen didn't even know that there was another LD, you know, he forgot. It was like, perfect. Wow. You know, so
0: it's, it's easy to forget what a huge compliment that is to have somebody else sit at your helm. It's, it's like a captain of a ship going like. Look, I need to get off the ship for a few days, and I need somebody to captain or I need to pilot my ship, and you know that's a that's not a decision that we make lightly. No. So for you to be able to say like, yeah, I've I've relied on him to run a show for me. That's well, that is the largest compliment I can think of.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: One of the people that has given me that compliment in in a con on a console and uh, for writing is Nook Schoenfeld, and that makes me feel amazing well i i grew up reading nook's articles yep and then when he was when he reached out to me like hey would you like to take over my article that was the moment i was like wow this is like i just became part of that the nook echelon right and that uh, so that's it that's a great feeling and i'm sure that you've had some uh, wonderful experiences with nook as well
1: well, yeah, I mean, you know, I've known Nook a very, very long time. You know, talk about a character and a guy. you, know, the guy you know, <laughs> I love hanging up with Nook, you know, he's always laughing. He's always got this great attitude. Uh, I love the way he looks at life and stuff. And, you know, his, his writing, of course, I mean, you know, and, you know, I write as well. And he's, he's complimented me on my writing. And, and that makes me feel good coming from him. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah when i remember when you got that when you got that position and i was so happy you know when you when you got that it was perfect and then, and i read it every month as well but uh yeah nook you know and and nook has has been a, a big fan of mine for a very long time you know he's very complimentary you know i mean he was a uh, you know i i i won a um, parnelli award a few years ago and and he he i know he was instrumental in it and uh, it's uh, you know it just you know when you have people that you're an advocate and, and that, that you know that, that look at you as, as successful and good at what you do, especially someone who has you know who writes about the business, it's 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 really it makes you feel great you know and and uh, and as I said we've, we've you know we've spent a lot of time together LDI we always get together and and, uh, and uh, it's just so much fun hanging out with him uh, you know I love him to death
0: Nook. Getting a compliment from Nook is a genuine yeah. compliment, in the fact that he he's a, he's got that New Yorker no bullshit. He yeah. doesn't say anything nice. He, you can never coerce him to say something nice. If he doesn't have a nice thing to say, he's not going to be silent about it. Right. He, he you know if if he doesn't like what you've done, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, for better or for worse, he'll tell you, and he's told me a few times, and I. I, I've had to like suck up my ego a few times ago, like, you're an insane old man, Nook. What are you talking about? This is good stuff. And he's like, no, it's crap. And then he can always justify it. And after a few minutes or a few, or even a couple days, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, I needed to dig deeper. And, well, I mean, and he's it's, always it's, good for that.
1: It's like he inspires you in a negative way. It's just like, don't, you know, you shouldn't do that. And you go, you know, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it that way.
0: You know, uh, yeah. in Mr. Miyagi way, like, no, sand the floor, uh, don't stop sanding the floor until I said into the floor, and then I'll tell you why you need to sand the floor right. for that long. He's not a he's not a uh, he's not going to give you a trophy for, for third place. I think that's a good way to say. It. He's like, yeah, oh, that, no,
1: that's, that's yeah, that's very true, you know, and it's like, no participation
0: awards with Nook,
1: yeah, no, not yeah, exactly. You, you're either. It's like when I when I was up from a Carnelia award, I was like, I'm not going to win. He says, he says, Cosmo, well, you deserve it. He said, he he just made me feel good about it, you know. So it was just, you know, and I won. It was great.
0: Well deserved, very well deserved. Um, the only times that I actually get to hang out with Nook, like you mentioned, now is uh, as at festivals. Those are the only times that we really get to hang out with a an amount of our friends that makes it worthwhile other than ldi uh things like coachella coachella is one of those ones where it's like a roadie holiday where we all get together and uh, we might actually have some amount of time to meet up i mean it's rarely at night but i mean it's some time that we can actually spend time with other like-minded bros in our industry you know
1: right yeah exactly i agree yeah and that's the thing about the big festivals yeah, like Coachella is great f- for that, but you know when, you know, especially when you tour, you know, like monsters, you know, the old like ACDC doing the Monsters of Rock, that was great. You know, just hanging out with other people. Howard Ungerleiter was was on that, because mm-hmm. he was doing Queensryche. and so me and me and Howard became you know, great friends on that tour. But yeah, that yeah, that's that, that's the nice thing about a a big festival, especially a tour, is you get to hang out with a lot of other LDS that are you know, at your level.
0: Uh, when I think of Coachella and I think of all of those get-togethers, I I kind of put Dak Harris in like a stepfather role for that. Like yeah. he's always the one to, if if Coachella is falling apart, everybody gets to work, but it's his job to make sure that Coachella is going smoothly, just smooth enough that we all have time to go drinking together.
1: Well, that's that that's that's the. That's old school. I mean, Dak, I mean, Dak <laughs> that's that old school mentality. I mean, you know, this is, this is why we do this. We don't just do this to work and work and work and work and tour and tour. We do this for the fun, the times we're not working. And yeah. Dak, you know, and, and Dak is probably one of the few people that's still in the business that I've known since before my days in the business. Him, him and Tim Merch and, you know, I've known Dak back in the LSD days. I mean, talking about in the 80s you know, early eighties and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, and I was fortunate to get to work with him, you know, in the eighties and, and, uh, when, when he was, you know, uh, you know, lighting crews and putting stuff together, you know, but I mean, I learned so much from him, you know, I mean, that, that, and plus his, I learned a lot about Englishmen from him, you know, that dry sense of humor. I, 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 um, he was one of the instrumental guys in, in my early days in the business.
0: He's constantly a reminder to me that we work this hard so that we can play that hard. Yep, exactly. Uh, it, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the technology and then the, the look at me, I worked 38 hours programming something and Dak's the first one to go, like, you could have done that in 12 and you could have been yeah. drinking for those other 12. Yeah, right. You know, like, shut up, Dak, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But he's right. You know, like, I, I, what I did, I wasted that much time doing what I, you know, I didn't get paid anymore. Right. I didn't I didn't add 12 hours worth of effort to the show. I just sat at the console longer than I needed to. Sure. And, uh, and Dak was always really good to come back and you were like, no, you're done. Like, no, I, I need another 20 minutes. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you, whatever you've done in this amount of time, that's all you get. Well, why well because the next person is on and you have to go get some sleep yeah and there's no nonsense there's no negotiating with Dak about that it's like no you're that's right. it yeah. yeah get to the bus so and a- uh, go have a drink
1: hey exactly and i you know i i miss those old days uh those the old lsd days you know when when uh when nick jackson you know, Terry Lee, Tim Merch, Dak, uh, Mark Coleman. I mean, you know, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun and that same, you know, he's that old school guy and he's still working in the business and, and that's what I love about it, you know? And unfortunately I didn't do Coachella and I'm so I didn't see him, but you know, I saw him on ACDC when we were there, you know, when we did it and and uh, and I see him from time to time, you know, I'll, I'll run into him at LDI or, you know, you know, it's, it's just good. I love Dak. And as I said, he's he's probably, was probably one of the most instrumental people in in my early days in the in the business.
0: Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a great pedestal to put somebody on and he's, he's well-deserving of it. Speaking of that English mentality, I always appreciate John Featherstone for the same reason, just knowing that the, when you're doing a show, everything's going to be polite, yep. proper. And you know, it, you're going to get that, that English reality come from John and Beck.
1: Yeah, you're right. That, that's a good way to put it, that English reality. And, and, and he says it and you know, he's very, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I John Featherstone, I mean, I, I, well, he's a guy that I, and another one, you know, I'm glad we're talking about all these guys, the people that I love and adore and, and Featherstone, you know, I, I, I can pick up the phone and call him or I text him and he calls me, he says, I'll call you when I get some time. He gives me, he offers me advice and stuff I mean, advice, not only with work, but just life in general. And, and it's always great to hear his voice and, and his laugh and and um but yeah I mean exactly when you he's he he doesn't mince words but he does it nicely and that's what I really love about <laughs> you know he tells you how it is without you know telling you you're you're an idiot you know
0: yeah you
1: know, and that's, yeah, that's appreciated it's, you know
0: it's uh there's something about uh, the English in general and John specifically but I, I think a good example is the, is the C word. Like I can't use it. There's something about the way I say it, but John <laughs> Featherstone can say it and it, it's not offensive in any way. It's no, not, but... it, you, you take no offense. You're like, well, right. yeah, you're right. I, I was kind of being a, what you would say, you know, <laughs> I, I, I put John Featherstone in one of those people that when I think of a good businessman designer, I think of Featherstone. Because that's yeah, one yeah, of the best
1: I, I agree.
0: I don't I lack the business savvy and the politics savvy, right? To do the things that Don Featherstone does. The 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 vision to create a team and, and inspire enough people to become part of your team and then to, to just keep that team together through thick and thin that's the business side of light of being a designer that a lot of people don't know about
1: well ex- exactly and i and i love i love you know one thing with john is, is is when i do for when i have forays into like corporate things or stuff that aren't rock and roll i love to call him for advice because he just it just he just spits it out and just tells me things and you know and and it uh, really makes me feel good you know like you, you you take on new things like that and you worry about it he goes cosmo you'll be fine stuff like that and and he he's he's really really good he's very calming you know and and um he definitely gives me confidence you know and and uh, he just and the fact the guy is from from England and he lives in in Sedona Arizona that says a lot yeah. you know <laughs> Sedona is such an awesome spiritual place and and it fits him perfectly
0: yeah, he's got some great uh, hobbies outside of our industry, which is uh, so yep. important.
1: No, hundred percent. I,
0: I I can't say enough nice things about John. He's like uh, he's like the moral compass of the industry. Sometimes for me, <laughs> uh, he he reminds me that you don't have to be mean uh, to be a roadie. I think. Right. Uh, you were you were, you were around for that sort of thing, but uh, I think you've probably been able to see just like John see that our industry go from this gruff pirate style roadie yeah. to where we need to be a little bit more sustainable. like we just can't be yelling at everybody anymore. We have to actually be kind and we can't yell at every single person anymore to get the results. We kind of have to be a little more optimistic and a little more kind and compassionate to to tour the way we do now we're not on the road for two weeks anymore. We're on the road for months at a time with the same people.
1: Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved. It's not like it used to be, like you said, gruff, or like, 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 you know, carnival workers, carnies and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's not that it's not that, you know, we're more in the front, uh, in the front now than we were before, you know, as we were, you know, it was just people came and saw our show and, but you know, now it's a, it's just a different world so you, you you can't it's not that like you said that roadie pirate kind of thing
0: uh-huh
1: you know so and and, and you're right and, J- and john for the son is, is he's the gentleman you know and and um it it's uh yeah it, it's funny like i said his he's mostly in the corporate and i'm still in the rock and roll and and uh you know we kind of we kind of meet and talk about things and talk about stuff beyond the rock and roll of the corporate and how to mix it and stuff and you know, so we'll see. So, and you know, they do all, I don't do my, I don't draw my own plots anymore. I don't do vector works. I just, I just, I just have them do it. And you know, that's, a, he's such a great guy to talk to, but doing my plots and he knows what I want. And, and um, That's awesome. So
0: that's a great selection. Yeah. 100%. Uh, one of the last people that I would love to discuss with you is somebody who kind of entails a little bit of everything that we've been talking about. Uh, this guy can work 24 hours a day, drink, 18 hours a day, hold everything together. He can kind of do a little bit of everything that we've been talking about, and that is Faye McMahon.
1: Now when that I think of the you. gaff
0: tape of the industry, I think of Faye.
1: Well, you miss one thing. I don't think he can drink 18 hours a day. It's 24 hours a day.
0: So.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Faye McMahon. I mean, talk about talk about a character in this business. You know, and the things he's done. And, and, you know, here's a guy, you know, I met Fame. McMahon. I can remember when I met Faye McMahon, when uh, Def Leppard came through, it was either Orlando or Lakeland, Florida. And he was the LD. And I was a spot and he called my spot. And, and um, I met him after the show or before the show. And, and uh, you know, I've met him several times. And, you know, for, we've been I've been so fortunate to have done a lot of touring with him. And uh, I, I love, he's one of my favorite people in the industry period, you know, I just love it. I just I can't get enough time with that guy.
0: He is a straight shooter. The very first time I, ha- I had the pleasure of working with Faye was with, actually with you on Def Leppard. Uh, there became a, a time where a, uh, a media server person was necessary. And I got the phone call to come be the media server guy. And I had never done a, a hippo before. Right. And I explained it to him, like, look, I I know media servers. I haven't done a Hippo before. And I'm like, well, because I've never done this before, I'm going to charge you X. He's like, and his first thing to me, he's like, well, my budget is X plus, fi- X plus another 500. He's like, I'll pay you that. I'm like, well, uh, that's not how negotiations usually work for me. Okay. Usually, people would have just offered me X minus a certain amount. But Faye was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you straight. And that's if there's one thing I have to say about uh, about Faye, that's he's been nothing but honest and yep. straightforward.
1: Same here. You know, every every gig I've ever done with him, you know, this is this is the deal, and it's never, you know, he's never tried to knock me down, and he's he's just basically offers you pretty much what I want, or you know, what I would have asked, and and he doesn't. He's very respectful. He, you know, he's a, he's another guy that doesn't mince words, but you know, he. He's 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 a guy like you were talking about before about Patrick Woodruff talking like to artists Faye's the same way he talks to he, he can talk to you know um, Bono the same way he talks to the guy pushing the broom you
0: mm-hmm.
1: know and uh, I, I I I just I just I just love working with him and you know we we talk quite a bit we um we 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 stay in touch weekly you know and he's he's always trying to get me gigs and stuff and and uh, you know it's it's, it's great and. And, you know another thing if you're lucky if you're fortunate enough to have been in dublin and, and get to go to his house or as he calls it the dog house the garage outside of his house i mean he's the most inviting generous guy you know you, you you're there his home is your home and you know, he he goes to st james's gate where the guinness factory is located and gets a, a keg delivered just for your arrival and and he invites everybody on the crew down and i've spent many a night in the in the uh, doghouse with him and it's it's a a, he's like no he's like no no other
0: ah those are the moments that uh, that we're missing those those genuine that you're in my town i'm taking you out we're doing everything dublin style yep you know the stars align and two roadies happen to be in the same place at the same time and with a day off and that's those are the moments Those are definitely the things that we're missing these days.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And you like you said on 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 top of that, when you tour with him, it's always that's one reason. I mean, you know me, I I'm a good thing. I'm a good guy about organizing things to do on days off. So when it was was me and Faye together, I mean, it was every day with party. (laughs) We were doing something, going somewhere, eating, drinking. It didn't matter. We were you know we were arranging through. You know, I did Meatloaf with him in two thousand and I think eight, and my God, every day off we had some some something going on at some pub, some restaurant at something. I mean, every single day, you know, and, and uh, it was great.
0: I can picture you two rock, paper, scissoring to figure out who's going to organize what <laughs> for which weekend in which city. Uh, oh, Cosmo that felt good. That was 11 of our bros in the industry. We covered some of the legends, uh, that felt really good. I will, uh, uh, reach out to everybody to let them know that we uh we talked about them we were talking and, uh, about them yeah
1: I, well I, you know i'm I, like you said i miss i miss everybody you know it's i mean even if you don't tour together you run into each other you have the opportunity to like i said i mean i come to chicago and ethan's home and you know we do dinner we go drink some some past blue ribbons and in a smoky you know bar you know and and I, you know going into vegas and seeing hartley and, and you know it just I, as I said, even if you're not touring together, you there you're, you're gonna see most people at least within the year, you know, if not a couple of years. But uh, you're right, I miss it. You know, it's been now I've been I haven't toured now since February, so it's been like nine, eight or nine months. It's it's uh I'm missing it. I'm missing my friends, I'm missing my bros, like you said. I'm missing my friends. Yeah. But you yeah. know, it's great that we got to sit down and talk about our friends and and uh you know, we should do a 60-person Zoom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i hear you i i am so eternally grateful for the the zoom being able to keep us all together but I, you know as much as i cherish these moments i'm i'm tired of the zooms man oh my like god it's, it's time did. for hugs again it's time for drinks at mcsorley's or at the cosmo oh. airport whatever yeah. you know i'll t- i'll take a i'll take an airport bar over a zoom call 99 times out of 100
1: well, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah, I, it's, it's it's. I really, you know, obviously don't see. Any, I you know, I stopped in to see Joe Perry uh, a few couple of months ago, and that was so great seeing him in person. Um, I've seen Brian Brian Johnson um a couple of times, and it's just great seeing him. And and uh, you know, there's a few road crew around Orlando and the Central Florida area, and I get to see see them from time to time, and you know, but you you just not having that face to face time meals beers hugs hugs i mean it's it's a it's it's a bummer and and uh i miss everybody
0: i i share that sentiment with you thank you so much cosmo i appreciate it
1: no problem chris i enjoyed it as well it's good to see you on the good to see you here and talk and and it's good to reminisce